0: around my room on a Saturday night, I work the morning shift on the 4th of July, and she's been ignoring my text all day, so I'm getting drunk
1: and I'm All right, we're here with Zach Overton, he's the lead man from The Modern Experience and he's going to be talking about his new album. So why don't you tell us a little about about yourself, Zach?
0: Oh, hey,
2: um, I'm Zach. I'm from Illinois and Missouri both. I was raised mostly and going to the school of Jacksonville. I started playing guitar and singing when I was about seventh grade, and I've been in bands since I was about 16 or so. It's always what I've wanted to do. I remember the first thing I ever saw was I was watching VH1 Classic, and I saw Def Leopards, Rock of Ages music video. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was over from there on. And I saw the big hair and I saw dudes who looked like they were on a bunch of drugs having a little good time. And I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. So since then, I've been writing songs and doing whatever I want. I was, uh, I was the meat, the, the guy also behind a punk band called uh, Famous Losers for a Long Time. I don't really have anything there. We recorded one demo tape that never really went anywhere. And I had like, there's like 13 different variations of that band. And finally, there was one point when I just said, okay, this is done now, I'm gonna do something else. Are you done with punk? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes and no. I get, every time I have grunge friends, who always, like, they text me and they'll say, we have a mutual friend who does the same thing, they'll text me and they'll be like, I have a grungy tune, can you come write lyrics for it? Yeah. And I'm always like, sure, I'll come see what I can do, because that's still my background is 90s grunge and Black Flag and Henry Rollins and fucking The Descendants, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just... Yeah, I,
1: I had you had me listening to Dinosaur Jr. last night at 11 p.m.
2: And... <laughs> it's, my favorite. it's still my favorite tattoo is this cow right here. If you ever see Nirvana play live in 91, Chris Novoselic is wearing a purple shirt, and it has this cow on it. It's a Dinosaur Jr. t-shirt. I found out about Dinosaur Jr. when I was a sophomore in high school. And, again, my world just changed. And I ordered that shirt because I liked the the simple design about it, which the simplicity of things, especially coming from a band like Dinosaur Jr. where Jay Maskis can just write and write and write. It's such a fucking... like. It goes against itself, but it's just really where it all
1: came from. That really uh, stems an emotion in me where I will always try and figure out how to have a tattoo that reminds me of Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon, which is like the blues and the folk that I was really able to appreciate in your music, and you called yourself um, kind of folk rock pop, and I was definitely uh, feeling those vibes when I was listening to R.E.M., um, I don't know, I feel like you're definitely a troubadour, um, so tell me a little bit about like your influences now, you said you have a background in punk, but who are you thinking about when you're writing these songs?
2: Oh, we've talked about this beforehand, but Jason Isbell 100% is all of his stuff either solo or with the 400 unit or with his wife, Amanda Shires, or any stuff, even the drive-by truckers with him, any song that it has a writing credit with Jason Isbell, you. I think if you're a songwriter in general, he's one of the top five guys that you should study just to learn how to write songs like him, Bob Dylan, Pete Seeger, Woody Guthrie, those type of guys. If you want to write folk music, country music, anything like that, I think you need to go and you just need to look at how he writes his lyrics. and it's the same way with how he sings things the way michael stipe sings things with rem it's just there's emotion there's heart in those albums and everything you hear even after uh, automatic for the peoples the last rem album that really sounds like rem mm-hmm. but in, in it you hear michael stipe and he's just you can hear some parts of the songs with him and isabel where they you f- can cry with them. And they you have know, that
1: gravelly, like, real feeling in their voice, but it's still, like, such a lighthearted song that you can enjoy.
2: Exactly. And lyrics-wise, Jason Isbell said about a year ago, his, his last album, his latest album, Reunions, came out, and it is such a powerful album. And you listen to it, and you listen to Jason, and he did an interview where he said, this album is therapy. And he talks about he's a former alcoholic, and he was in quarantine with his wife, and he took his first sip of alcohol in like five years or something like that. And it's just, holy shit, like now you have to overcome that. How do you overcome that for people like Jason and for people like me who we don't, I don't open up to anybody. I can't really talk to a therapist and ever go anywhere past like what I want them to hear. And there's just this part of me that was like, I need to get this out in a helpful, like healthy way. So about a year ago, When he said that, I was going through a really bad breakup. I had been through, like, seven or eight relationships within, like, two months of just girl after girl after girl after girl. And it was finally, I took a look at myself. I was like, okay, you run into one asshole in the morning. That guy was an asshole. You run into every person you meet the day, and they're all assholes. You're the asshole. So I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, you need to change. Like, you are the problem now. And so I spent all of quarantine in all of the last year or so saying, who is Zach Overton and why is he such a piece of shit right now? <laughs> and so I wrote a bunch of songs about that and I wrote a bunch of songs about girls and there's one song, there's the track number 8 on the upcoming album, it's called The Riverbank. My mom's not allowed to listen to it because it's literally just about literally just all the things in myself that I just can't stand.
1: So are you talking to yourself in some of your songs?
2: Oh, so the idea I think I finally came up for it is is... I'm a bartender in a bar, and I'm waiting on myself. and there this you know the guy you've been in you've been in the the bar before where there's just been a guy who's like, he's so down on his luck and he's so far down. He's been there since five o'clock, it's ten o'clock at night. Yeah, he's been there drinking and drinking and drinking and he's telling these stories and most of them you know are bullshit like from the way he tells them you're just like none of this actually happened (laughs) and there's a lot of parts of these songs that I listen to and it's like I never actually went through a lot of this stuff but it's how I feel inside. And
1: you sit there and you're like, what if, or what if I would have said this? And so like you get that therapeutic spirit out of it because you're like moving forward with each little bit that you write.
2: Exactly. And that's the point is this guy is in this bar and he's talking to me and I'm talking back to him, listening to these crazy outlandish stories, these things that I'm feeling, he's feeling. But at some point you're going to have to walk out of the bar and you're going to have to either say, I'm going to be back here at five o'clock tomorrow or I'm going to finally start moving forward with my life and I'm at a point especially now where I'm ready to move forward with my life there's a lot of demons that were hanging over me a lot of bitterness and a lot of this last music a lot of the album a lot of everything I wrote was just saying these are my friends these are the people who I have had these are the people who I've lost let's focus on them and if they're still here why are they still here if they're not here why are they not here And most of the time it would come down to, because I did this or this or this, so let's focus on my actions and where they go. And so I literally just, I probably took about three straight months of just sitting in my room, self-quarantining, no contact with the outside world other than texting a few friends. Just sitting there with a notebook in hand, smoking weed and and (laughs) writing songs.
1: You discovered a lot and came out with a lot more than you began with.
2: Absolutely. It there's a lot of nights where it was harder to sleep because you have one of those breakthroughs, especially with a previous relationship where you realize, I got my heart broken, but it was my own fault. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of look at it and say, they weren't perfect, but you're not perfect either. You can't blame
0: everything. on them. Absolutely. Now it's Sunday and I don't go to church. I'll pray right here in my bed. Thanking God for the morning and for the roof over my head Mama says the fast times never last They're here and gone before you can blink So wipe your tears off my count So we are emailing
1: back and forth and you're telling me about like what these songs were about I was listening to them and trying to feel like if I really felt that to myself because I, I I'm like not a big lyrics person but I felt like really sucked in by like the folk feel of it and I really loved your breakdowns and when we were emailing you were talking about song pace and I don't think like That I've ever really considered that before, but I really liked your contrast and your song Listen, and it gave me like hometown vibes with kind of rebellious spirit. So I don't know if you wanted to talk about like your pace when writing songs or like how you like to construct your contrast and melody or anything.
2: Everything I do is really simple, Mm -hmm. besides some of the things I say, because some of the things I say I want to put a layer, and then another layer. I don't want people to be able to dig without actually digging, especially since most of the people who listen to my stuff currently are family and friends. I don't want them to know exactly what I mean by Mm -hmm. certain things. But when it comes to guitar playing and my guitar stuff, I usually just do chords. I I never want to be the type who has guitar solos or really long songs, and they're long just because you have two minutes of straight guitar and drums and there's nothing else added to it. So whenever I play guitar, I, I usually will sit, and I'll come up with the chord progression first. And if there's some sort of pattern I can put in there that makes it sound fancy, there's a couple songs on the album that are coming out, one called Euphoric, where I really just took the time to make the rift focus, you know. But there was points where uh, I was writing these songs, and the pace of it was just, let's keep this slow, and then let's build it up, or let's stay just melodramatic the whole time. And it's that building and building and building up to, you're sitting there listening to it, and you're waiting for the breakdown, you're waiting for the beat to drop, you're waiting for it to come, and if it never comes, you're kind of left feeling left down, and that's how I want some of these songs to feel, I want some people to listen to it and be like, I like that, but... I just felt so depressed after (laughs) that,
0: you know?
1: I think that that makes it so much more enthralling and really creates, like, an atmosphere. And you mentioned simplicity, and I think that's something that I also found in Courtney Barnett is, like, sometimes I'm not even necessarily listening to actual song. I'm just listening to the really simple sounds around it, and that makes me focus on what she's saying and feel, like, so much more connected to the song.
2: Absolutely. You talk about, like, chord progressions and, like, where I think of most of my stuff from. I look at the weird things. Like, her stuff is so simple and yet so completely extraordinary and it just blows everything else out of the water when she picks up a guitar and plays and sings she's fantastic but she's one of those guys where it's like we're gonna focus on what i'm saying but we're definitely gonna still maintain that basic song principle of with the chords and the progression comes first and then the lyrics come second
1: Absolutely, and you mentioned like you really prefer to sing and play at the same time even when you're recording Um, Did you want to talk about like when you're recording and singing Um, and playing at the same time? How was that live experience? Recording
2: was such a good time. I recorded at the Oxide Lounge with a guy named Tony and he's a really good guy He helped me out an awful lot Uh, I, I sat down there on a Saturday and I looked at him. I said I only want to be in here for three hours today but I also i can get all this done in three hours my parts that i wanted to do because i was going to have him do the the rest of the fitness because we all work full-time jobs you know this yeah. is it's your passion but it's not something that it's currently at that point where you want it's something you can do all the time so i said i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna do this and I, I took i said i'm gonna take three takes every song and after the first take i was like the second take is gonna be it but we'd still take that last third take just to be sure but there was times there's one song on the album called a true story where it straight sent me into a nervous breakdown because of how, that's one of the songs that it's word for word a breakup from years ago, from a girl I lived with for about two years. It's word for word what she said when she was walking out the door. It's even in the recording, you can't, there was no way we could get past it. It was, I'm gonna pick, and the picking pattern gets really messed up and really chaotic in the beginning. And then the lyrics kick in and starts to get calmed and similar. And that's basically what recording it was. Recording it was, I'm going to sit here and freak out and think about how I love this person more than anything else. And I thought I was over it through this, this song, but here we are recording this song and I'm having to go through it all over again. It's
1: still invoking all of the same energy you put into it.
2: Oh yeah. There were, there's still times to this day where I'll be a little too drunk and I'll be playing my songs and I'll just break down in tears because I'm like, they all of them have such a deep meaning to me. There's not a song I've written like I'll tell people my tattoos don't have any meaning. They're just things I like. But when it comes to these songs, there's always... Even if it's really simple and really poppy and it's just catchy, there's something in there that has an emotional feeling that sparks something in me. And there's a little piece of myself that I've left with each of these songs.
1: So what do you want people to feel when they hear your
0: album?
2: Mostly I want them to like it, with the <laughs> it. It's been so crazy releasing these singles. I never. I, I sat down with our mutual friends Droopy and Ben first time i played them my singles and ben was the first one droopy too but ben was really like you should do something with these and you should do this and it was the same way with my friend charm my friend charm heard all these songs first and she's the one she runs my facebook page does everything for me right now can't be more thing for her but she said you need to do something with this And so here I am not doing it with this. And people have been saying the same thing. What do you want to come out of this? And it's like, I would love if this thing takes off and I can play music full time and I can just focus on that forever. But the most thing I want is I want, if there's one person out there who listens to this stuff and can listen to it and have a moment where they're like, oh, I'm going to have a breakthrough, and they like their life changes for the better. I think that would really help out.
1: So when are we expecting the album to be released?
2: So it was supposed to come out last Friday. Uh, I was posting the album on streaming services, and there is a clause in the service I'm using, which is the easiest service to use, that says it cannot have a cover with anything explicit on it. And the cover that if, if you order a CD from me through the Facebook page, which you can if you want, but it's a picture of me in a bar same idea from the whole album and I'm flipping off my friend Ryan Brannon, who's the, <laughs> the guy who got me everywhere I've ever been with music. And uh, and I got an email a day after I uploaded it and I said, hey, we can't upload this until you give us a different album. So yeah, oh, no. <laughs> uh, so I went I found the most generic cover that really felt the simplicity of everything I was doing. And I was like, do this. So hopefully after recording this, um, I would say Probably the last week of February, the Monday of the last week of February. All it'll right. be up, but I'm hoping for the Sunday before that.
1: Um, so we're really excited to hear it. You mentioned you wanted to play something and play us out. What song would you like to play All for right. us today? So this,
2: uh, I think this is the, the fifth track of the album. This is a song called Tales of the Descendant. It's, a, it's about a really good friend of mine. Uh, it, we were It was less we were friends. He was a really big role model of mine when I was growing up and he was a really good skateboarder, a really awesome guy, and throughout my life I've hung out with a lot of drug addicts, and he was one of the first one, of my, the people in my life who I woke up one day and they're just not here anymore because mm-hmm. of something. So yeah, this is called Tales of the Descendant. <laughs>
0: To the dirt I baked. Cause I don't want to change. It's got nothing to do with being afraid. I just don't want to walk that way. I'm happy here, here's where I'll stay. brain that will last, but you aren't, cause I don't want to change, it's got nothing to do with being afraid, I just don't want to walk that way. Send my prayers Am I bleeding? Do you call that succeeding? Or am I just starting To think this out loud? Cause I don't want to change It's got nothing to do With being a friend I just don't want to walk that way I'm happy here, here's where I'll say, so turn off the news, it's bad for you, And it's not like you believe a word they said, anyway, well I'm not afraid to tell the truth, are you afraid to lie to my face and see the expression fade?
1: Well, we're really looking forward to Wasting Time by Zach Overton, and thank you for taking time and walking us through your creative process.
0: Thank you very much for having me. This has been a blast.
1: Absolutely.